Racing. Good evening, everyone. I'm Cece Brooks, and welcome to another edition of Inside Florida Racing. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us here at Inside Florida Racing. And I'm joined once again by Jack Smith and Rob Bonehead Elding. Hey, Rob. Rob? Okay, I know Rob is out there somewhere. We will uh, fix this uh, little snafu and get rob back on uh, back here with us get his end working what a weekend so many races uh tra- so many tracks had to uh, cancel races due to due to rain so there were those issues of course the good news is is that um up at golden isle speedway where it was the united dirt laid model challenge race that even though rain, uh, you know, washed things out Friday, Saturday, they were able to get their race in on uh, Sunday afternoon. And we will discuss more of that with Jack later in the show because Jack um, was up there with the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Hey, Rob. I'm here. There you are. Hi. Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> How you like do? I can hear you. As usual, I can hear you. And uh, it's always my fault. <laughs> So how you doing, Rob? I'm doing good. Uh, folks, you got Rob Elting, Bonehead, here on the best racing show, at least in Florida, on the Internet. I'm going to say that right now. It's mm-hmm. not Florida racing. And that's right. Are you going to start having, uh, like, Rob's Rubles pretty soon? Or, uh, I don't know, what, what, what's your deal? Rob's Rubles? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's Bobby Bucks. There might as well be Rob's oh. Rubles, you know. <laughs> or is it Rupees? I don't know. Bobby Bucks deal. I kind of like that, man. I, I kind of like how that all sounds, you know. Uh, Robbie's Rubles. I don't know about that. Uh, what's Jack going to have? That's the question. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm back from a wonderful, just wonderful three-day, two-night, all-expense-paid trip that I had to beautiful, uh, the resort of the uh, Super 8 in uh, Exit 29 in Brunswick. What a place, let me tell you. If you ever need to just get away, you can't beat it. You make me laugh. (laughs) And what were you doing there, Jack? We were watching, you know that song? It was a rainy night in Georgia. We were doing like a video for it. The poor guy goes up for the, the big United Dirt Laid Model Challenge race, and it just rains. First of all, uh, Rick, Kathy, and I started out. And, of course, Rob, Rob from, uh, from Kohler from Henry County, he was about an hour behind us uh, driving by himself. We started out Friday to Brunswick, and we hit the, the I-75 parking lot. What's normally about a five-hour trip from down south Florida it took eight and a half hours. And then it rained. Fun. Then it rained on Saturday. It rained a lot, I heard. Yeah. The Sunday was, like, spectacularly beautiful. And so we raced. United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series. Ivan at Lloyd, who's going to be on Wednesday night with uh, Joe Dirt and uh, Billy the Kid on uh, Dirt World. Uh, he won the race. The 100-lap $10,000-to-win race got cut back from... That to sixty, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, sixty laps, five thousand to win, and uh, Ivan and Lloyd uh, let every darn lap. Did you at least get an interview or something that you're going to pop on here on our show today? No, we didn't. As a matter of fact, it was. Uh, let me say this: it was a. Uh, I actually can't use the term. I really can't, even though it's the internet. I can't use the term. 
Facebook term. Was it a cluster, Jack? It's a, cl- a, it cluster. a cluster. Yeah, cluster. We'll leave it at a cluster. Well, they got other words for that. But no, it was actually. It turned out. It turned out to be. It was a pretty good race, actually. Even though uh, the you know the the guys out there racing for second, third, fourth, and fifth were, and they were going at it. But uh, were there any fans? Yeah, any there was fans about, by the time Sunday pretty, came around. Yeah, there was, uh, by the time three o'clock, because they had some of their local classes racing too. And of course, the people at Brunswick, as always, I mean, they're really, really cool people. And I'm not just saying that they are. They're really cool people, and um, they really go out of their way to to uh, be hospitable. And um, uh, there was probably 400, maybe maybe three to 400, I would imagine, that were there, uh, just fans in the grandstand. I would say 300, maybe. Well, you know, the um, also another big race that happened up in, in Georgia, guys, up in Cordell, Georgia, at the Watermelon Capital Speedway. Um, I guess we want to recognize Blaze Martin from up in, in Brandon. Um, I guess uh, he uh, won the 40-lap Parts Plus United Sprint Car Series main event Sunday afternoon. All right. So congratulations to him. Well, Rob? Did you get any? Did you? What did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? You didn't race. All right, while you're thinking about it, no, also it's, in Georgia. Yeah, it, it's wrapped up uh, taking care of my kid, uh, but I also went to the air show here. You know how I'm all up about airplanes. Mm-hmm. I got to see the Thunderbirds, and uh, those have got to be, like, the number one coolest things in life. No, no, they're the second number one coolest thing in life. What's the first coolest? The Blue, Blue Angels. Angels, definitely, are, are yeah. Definitely Blue the, Angels, yeah. Yeah. It's just phenomenal when you can get in a good spot and and you can actually get a good look at these things when they're flying through the air, especially a bunch of them together. It's as good as racing, man. Oh, there's no question about it. Those guys are yeah. off the charts, man. The, what they do Definitely. is, is uh, I mean, it's 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 just, it's just unimaginable what they're doing. And, uh, and, 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 and there's some great documentaries about uh, the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds. Uh, how they actually do and the preparations that they make for those shows. Spectacular. But also up in Georgia, Rob, South Georgia Motorsports Park, <clears throat> Drew Brannon, he almost got it done, but uh, I think uh, Cassell won the race. But the Drew started eighth, 26 cars in the uh, ASA late models, finished second. Which is a pretty good show for him, and they're going to the Sonoya this weekend coming up, also in Georgia. Let's see here now, guys. We have a um, a real interesting show uh, set for today. Maybe, um, maybe. <laughs> so encouraging, Jack. Um, let's see. We've got. Uh, we're going to be talking more about what's happening at uh, Citrus County Speedway coming up on the 11th. Uh, Rick Bristol is going to be joining us today. We'll the be, Reverend. The Reverend Rick Bristol. We'll be talking to uh, one of our favorites. Uh, what do you call him? Do you now calling him Marquis? He's the Marquis. Du Monroe. And that's we're talking about Rusty Marcus. <laughs> um, let's see here. We're also going to be joined um, at some point by, with, by uh, Mark Powers. We have a very special NASCAR visit today. Uh, we're going to be visiting. That's a great karting segment, might I add. Yes, and we're going to be have a very special NASCAR visit by uh, NASCAR driver Joe Rudman will be with us. And, of course, um, the Duke of Sprints. The Duke of Sprints, Prince, uh, Kenny Dukes, and... Just so much going on. Skin, uh, Skip Honaker, by the way, uh, will be talking modifieds. He's fresh, fr- fresh 
from the south of France. And that's a fact. <laughs> and that's a fact. Really? That's <laughs> a fact. He's been in the south of France. What is Bobby smoking down there, man? Those guys, those guys just keep, they got to be just given, they must be going out on 75, flagging down cars, and just, like, forcing people to the speedway. Rob, oh, they have a good turnout at CCMP? Uh, what oh. happened with the big late model show? Succeedingly, um, they're doing good. That's great. We're happy with for them. With the fans. They had 25 or 26 cars or something. Joe Wencher won the race. Of course, that's all available on Carnac.com. All those results and stories and so forth. Finishing orders. But, uh, yeah, the old man showed him how it was done again. But they had 25 or 26 cars, something like that. I think it may start at 21. I don't know. Something like I think there was 25 and started 21 or something in that order. Uh, it's all there, right? I think you have it coming up there. But uh, David Rogers, he's still doing it too, man. It must be the, the, the year. Rob, this could be your year. You know that? I mean, David Rogers, he won again. Won the Bright House 50 over at uh, New Smyrna. Smyrna. Yeah. What do you and, say? And, you know, David is the... Uh He's a long-time racer, man, and he's, he's probably loving life out there uh, showing these young guys to the checkered flag. Yeah, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this later, but uh, on the 25th of April, uh, New Smyrna Speedway, I guess, is the Billy Harvey Memorial Race, super late model race. Prior to that race, I have a feeling that our, uh, I don't know, we'll have to find out who was involved with this, but... Uh, there's going to be an RC. Now, check this out, Rob. What do you think of this? Prior to the super late model race, which is the Billy Harvey Memorial at New Smyrna on the 25th, there's going to be an RC dirt race. Oh, yeah? Registration is 20 bucks. RC? So what kind of RCs? Are, are we talking remote control vehicles? Yeah. RC? That yeah. kind of RC? Yeah. Hmm. We'll have to find out more about that. 20 bucks registration, man. <laughs> Okay. That's the kind of registration you need for this economy, right? Hey, this is just kind of out in the air. I'm throwing this out there. I just happened to see on TV today the new IZOD commercial. Have you seen it? Not I. Nope. The racing commercial, an indie racing commercial. And guess who the star of the uh, IZOD commercial is? Who? None other than Brian Hunter Ray. Really? How about that? Cool. It's the inside film. TV. Is that, is that something that... He didn't talk about that while he was on with us, did he? No. It had to have been in the works. Yeah. Maybe it was something he wasn't allowed to talk about yet. Rob, you should have pulled that out of it, man. Hey, Rob. I'm here, brother. All right. We're going to talk to uh, Rick Bristol. Now, you know what Rick's story is, right? Well, I hear that he's been put in charge... Of Orlando Speed World. Yes, that is correct. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that. What do you think about that, Rob? Well, I think they couldn't pick a better guy if you're going to pick a race director for a racetrack or a promoter or you know a guy to run things. Yeah. Um, he'd be you know right up there. I mean, he's he's been around and run racetracks and he's been a flagman, been an announcer. He's been kind of everything. Ran his own Sarah deal there for a while. I know what I wanted to ask you guys. There's so many things that goes on in, in, in racing when, you have, when you're talking about 
I mean, we're basically covering Florida and like a lot of Georgia stuff and this mm-hmm. and that because of the crossover and you know carding and I mean when you get down to it, there's a lot of people involved. Anytime you have a lot of people involved in something, there's a lot of things going on. What do you guys think about that ring? Oh, oh, our ring. What do you think about that ring? Our Rob? ring is gorgeous. Super Bowl ring, man. That's all. It just it just rings Super Bowl when I see it. It just rings Super Bowl. That's what I think about. The Hildebrand Jewelers Inside Florida Racing Driver of the Year ring is uh, something to behold, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah, very, Bowl. very impressive. How many diamonds are in there? Huh? How many diamonds are in that thing? I don't know. Black and white diamonds, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to get, like, we'll have to have them give us an official carat count on it. It's pretty cool looking, though. Yeah, it's 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 quite impressive. He did a really good job um, with designing that ring for us, and we and we greatly appreciate it. Um, hey, hey, Rob, have you heard anything, speaking of carding news in your segment coming up, but I have friends whose sons raced up at the Ocala Grand Prix. Right. But there was a big cart, uh, cart race up there this weekend. And I just unfortunately can't find any race results because I was going to, uh, you know, see if we could slip them into our carding segment today. But I know there was some some carding action happening this weekend in the state. Yeah, you know, uh, at Ocala Grand Prix, they do run one of those things uh, where they run, uh, they do a 24-hour go-kart race. And uh, they used uh, several drivers. A lot of corporations get involved in it. Yeah. And uh, I know they do it there in Ocala. Um, pretty cool. They used like five or six drivers to, to do it. Might check into that, CC. Maybe we could uh, enter one in there. Oh, that would be exciting. <laughs> We'd be wore out. Yeah. <laughs> right, Jack? Yeah, you both got gold in your eyes. And, uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to have to take a break because it's time to get going here with the preacher, I think, with the Reverend. Well, let's, let's, let's get Reverend Bristol with us, and we'll be right back on Inside Florida Racing.
And welcome back. It's Inside Florida Racing. And we are all very privileged to have the authority in the house with us, the Reverend, the Most Holy, Rick Bristol. Good evening, Rick. <laughs> okay, we're going to... You, you guys uh, there? Uh, yeah. All right, good. Okay. We're here, buddy. Uh, we got uh, Rick Bristol here on the line with us. Uh, what's going on, Rick? Oh, just uh, just busy, man. Just busy working. <laughs> just, uh, just got done uh, making some visits and uh, typing up some proposals for uh, some sponsorships at uh, Orlando Speedwell. What are you going to do as the new promoter for Orlando Speedworld? How are you going to help out their deal? Well, um, it's going to be a combination of things. I mean, we understand we understand things are tough right now. We know the economy is. Uh, a problem, and so what we're what we're trying to do is come up with some ways to get people to come out and make it affordable, um, affordable with sponsorships. Um, you know, starting out doing some stuff that is affordable in the low dollar area where people can just get involved and and then uh, can bring their businesses out to the track. And um, I mean, that's that's kind of what we're working on. The, the first goal I have is to uh, get around and. Get some sponsors for each night, whether it be just you know a couple hundred dollars or whatever we can come up with, and just put packages together where we can get some people out there, uh, especially some new places that uh, new businesses and people that haven't had the opportunity to be involved and get them out there. But we're also going to create a uh, we're going to try to come up with some things to bring more fun to the racetrack each night. We have something now. Uh, first thing I did is sit down and come up with something for every night. There's um, uh, scout night. We're going to have a the tenth. We're having a big Easter egg hunt for the kids. We're going to have uh, uh, all kinds of eggs with prizes, including uh, grand prize is going to be a, a brand new bicycle. And uh, so we're working on some things like that to get uh, people out, get them more excited. We're going to have some uh, special nights for our EMTs, firefighters, our police officers, uh, and we're going to get around the towns and invite all of them uh, to to come out and their spouses and uh, just try to get them out and get them involved. And, uh, you know, that's the whole thing. We just need to create a, an environment of fun, more community-based. Um, we're going to really be working with a lot of the uh, uh, things like scouts and churches and schools and trying to be more community-involved as well. Rick, racing on a Friday night has always been uh, kind of tough, you know, but that track has always done it. Um Friday night, tough. How do you think you're going to get people there? Well, it bring it does bring a different challenge. Um, that's why you know our our deal is we're, we're uh, the cool thing that's happened um, this year. And in, in, in uh, Robert, you know Robert Hart really wants to keep his tracks going, and he's, he's he understands the economy's tough, so he's come up with some some things to kind of switch things up and try not to make the program last too long. Um, we're able to start at eight o'clock and get done at a decent hour. We've we've gotten done at uh, anywhere from ten twenty to uh, ten forty-five the first uh, few nights of the season. Uh, by going to we're running only features. Uh, we run the uh, we run the bandoleros or the novice trucks early at seven o'clock, and then if we have uh, a special event going on, we we have autograph session and stuff uh, to where people as they're coming in can go down on the track and do the autograph, and then we start the racing at 8. So it's, it's made the program uh, better and um, being done at a, an early hour. So that it is a challenge on Friday nights. That's why we've got to come up with some things to bring people's attention, um, you know, get, get some things that excite people to get them out there. 
and uh, that's what we're working on. We're uh, Joe Lewandowski and myself are working together on some some things to bring people out, some uh, monster trucks and some uh, some motorcycle jumps and some some other things uh, that'll that'll bring people out that might not normally come. So that's what we're working on, just trying to create a more exciting program for people to to come out on Friday nights. It is a challenge. I mean. Um, but it is something that can be done uh, with the right, you know, program and the right efforts put together. I think we can do it. Now, CC, you got a chance to go to Orlando Speed World, right, for the truck race? Exactly. Yes. Yes. What did you think about the place as the first time being there? Oh, I, I thought I thought it was great. Um, had a really good time up there. Uh, you know, and I, I think I think the the challenges. Um, that you're facing up there, Rick, are the challenges that a lot of other tracks are are facing. The figuring out, you know, how to give the best show and the most, um, you know, to, so families would be people will be encouraged to come out and, and spend spend the money out of their tight budgets right now. Well, well, that is right. The budgets are tight, but the other thing is we are also, you know, people think, well, man, you guys, you know, you're in Orlando where all the people are and all that, but you also are against a lot of things going on. There's so many things to do mm-hmm. uh, in Orlando and, and all the attractions and all the stuff that are around here that you're, you're basically fighting for uh, that entertainment dollar with everyone else. So it is a challenge. I got a good idea, Rick. I just thought about it when you said that. Is that Orlando is the home of Disney World, obviously, and everything mm-hmm. else that's around there. It's the home of the thrill ride, right? Mm-hmm. Well... Oh no, you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to say come let you come out and no. pick somebody on a thrill ride. No, even you, <laughs> even worse, you you as the promoter, you're going to drive the thrill ride machine and you're going to give thrill rides out. And see, that's what you're going to advertise out there to all these people that you think going to Disney World or you think going to the parks, you're going to ride a thrill ride. Come to the home of the real thrill ride. We will sure, make you throw up. Ride. It's funny you mention that. What a selling point. Yeah, we're going to make you throw up. I'm thinking about doing is uh, turning my truck into a ride truck where people can go for a ride. And so. you go you go do it so you can control who's in it and uh, mm-hmm. you'll be like a you'll be like a big celebrity and everything. It'll be great. <laughs> and and for everybody out there, listen, this guy can drive actually. He is a race car driver too amongst all this other stuff. Well, I'm not. I, I I've done okay, but that's why I have. Uh, that's why I put other drivers in my cars because uh, I won when they were in them and didn't when I was. <laughs> you know, Rick. I I think there's two challenges. We talked about this a little bit the other day. I think there's two challenges that kind of um, are missed by a lot of people, and uh, those two challenges that are probably two of the biggest challenges are one, uh, convincing people to be patient long enough to see results because it takes a long time to see sustainable results when you start promoting something. And then the second part of that is is enlisting and exciting enough volunteers because one person can't do it. Well, that that, that is right. And um, that's one of the things that I laid out when I talked to the drivers the other night is, and, uh, and I emphasize this uh, to Robert and Kim and, and the Butch, this thing isn't going to turn around overnight. It's, it's not going to uh, get better right away. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some time. But I think we can see improvements each and every week in some areas, and I think we can see it grow a little bit. But my goal, my goal is not to uh, 
obviously set the world on fire right away because it's not going to happen. But my goal is to get things running um, the way we want to, have the excitement built into the programs as we go along, see some improvements to where next year when we come out of the blocks, we can come out strong. And I, I, you know, I believe the economy can get better towards the end of the year and into next year. And I think, I think that's the deal. You know, we can't, um, we can't expect to be um, doing great when everybody else is struggling. I mean, that's just the way it is. We can do better, and we can make things better, and we will. Um, but I think the goal is to get everything going good this year, build relationships. That's the whole key is building relationships, relationships with sponsors, relationships with the fans. Um, one of the things this week uh, I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to be at the front gate and I'm going to greet every fan that comes into the track. I'm going to have something for them. I'm going to thank them for coming, and then we're going to talk. I'm just going to talk to them about their thoughts and their ideas and, um, you know, what they like and what they don't like. And I'm going to, I'm going to take all that into consideration and, and – um, but that, we got to build relationships, and then we have to build relationships with um, volunteers, like you're talking about, that that will take some time to go out and help us pass out flyers and pass out the tickets and um, do all the things that we need, and, and and even you know come out to the track and uh, make, you know do some work and make some improvements and that type of stuff. I mean, right now everybody needs to pull together. This is this is not just at Orlando Speed World. This is everywhere. Um, we, everybody needs to pull together. The racetracks are closing. The economy's tough. Um, you know, the tracks were having problems even before this economy uh, is get as, got as bad as it has. And so we just need to pull together and find some ways to work together to get things done and have a positive ha- have a positive attitude. I mean, we understand not everything's going to work. And we understand not everything's going to be the best. But the whole thing is. Um, us who love racing have been around it for a long, long time. I've been going out to Orlando and working out at Orlando for over 25 years, and I, I don't want to see another racetrack closed anywhere, and I sure, sure don't want to see one right here in my hometown where I've been for a long time and, and put a lot of sweat and stuff into working on race cars and working at the track. And um, You know, you just don't want to see all that stuff fall apart. So we're going to do whatever we can. And, again, the goal is, you know, let's build – this season, let's make improvements and let's build to where we can come out next year and be really, really strong. It's not, it's not something that's going to happen right overnight. And um, I think everybody understands that um, from what we've talked about, and I believe that we can make some good improvements along the way, and we can see some nights that are better than others, and, and that's going to happen. Um, but I think we got some really neat ideas, and we're going to bring a lot of fun out there. I'm really, we got some, we got some really fun nights, like 50s and 60s night. We're going to have a that's the night when the Dairy Antiques are going to be there, and we're going to have a car show, and we're going to have a we're going to have a dress uh, dress up con- costume contest, and we're going to have some music. We're going to have some special food prices that night, just to bring back some of those you know those days from gone by, and just have some fun. And so we we got a lot of things like that planned, and I think it'll I think it'll build as we go. Hey, um, this is something I find amusing. Something you don't see too often. A promoter, you can get their cell phone number. Well, yes, sir. My 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 phone and my phone. My email is open. Anybody who ever wants to call me at any time. I, I told them the other night. The only time you can't call me and get get my response is going to be on Sunday. I go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and I spend time with my family. Um, if you, if it's an emergency, obviously it's something I need to you know talk about. Then that's that's one thing. But on a normal basis, that's my day. I don't take any. And uh, besides two hours on Wednesday night when I go to church, every other time you call me. Um, I'll, I'll give you a call back. Now, at work, I have to obviously 
you know, not be able to take every phone call. I'm not, just so you understand, I'm not full-time with this because Robert, um, if Robert wasn't going to have a promoter, and um, he was going to work the, the office and things, and I think we have a good group. Me and Kim and Butch are really excited at working together. We've already we've already gotten excited and already seen some things going on, and we're excited about that part. But I'm not doing it for the money, and I'm not doing it full time. Um, this thing's going to help my charity. It's the main reason why I'm even doing it. Um, you know, I want to. I've always wanted to promote, but I mean, uh, I'm not doing it for the money part of it. I'm doing it to help the racetrack get better, and the pay that I get is at my charity event. So um, that's where the whole key is. So, but the whole thing is, we are going to work hard. Um, I'm going to put in 20 to 25 hours a week uh, in between my regular full-time job and all the other thing, things that I'm involved with, and Jack knows the, how, how much stuff I'm doing. Um, so we're going we're gonna to do it. Now, I can't do it all by myself, and that's why he was mentioning volunteers, and I've already got some people that have volunteered, and, and I know there will be some more once I – I'm trying to get everything kind of laid out for the first month and, and you know, so we can get things going. I've already – been through a bunch of stuff this weekend, got tickets ordered and uh, flyers that I've printed up and working on some more. So we, we got a lot going on, um, but I can't do it on my own, and they understand that, and that's why many of them have already volunteered to help. I see that, you know, I know for a fact that even when I was racing go-karts that, you know, we were racing go-karts back then for charity events that you were in uh-huh. charge of. Yeah. Yeah, we did the go-kart thing for 14 years, and... Uh, uh, a lot of fun and, uh, you know, really had a lot of success with what you could do, but it got to a point where the insurance companies wouldn't let us do it anymore the way we wanted to. I mean, we could go there and do it, but we couldn't do it the way we wanted to. And so um, the door kind of closed in that area, but then this uh, this charity event opened up, and, you know, it's just it's taken off. This year could be, even with the economy, there's some cool things happening that I hope to announce in the next month or so that will really go a long way and and uh, just continuing to build this thing. Well, I tell you, you know, Rick, the, 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 the economy is what it is, whatever that is all about, you know. Right. Um, who knows what that's really all about. I don't think any of us really know what it's all about <laughs> and uh, when it's going to end or when it's going to change or whatever or how bad it even is. But the thing is, is it's an, you know, people can say what they want to say, but the fact of the matter is, is that there is some really good things going on in Florida racing. Right now, absolutely, absolutely. What um, what uh, Jim Curry has has put together with this many stock race at uh, Citrus County, right, is a really good thing for not just for Citrus County, but for the the many stock racing community, that subset of the community, and uh, and uh, you know that gets guys excited again and gets guys working on their cars and uh, and and preparing and, and going out and putting on a show for fans the yeah. modified race at uh, Bronson yep. the 3000 yep. to win i mean that's a huge thing i found out today and we'll be talking more with skip honaker about that tonight um, we were going to have robbie cooper on but he's going to be on next week but the guys from fast car are coming over i mean guys like last week when we kind of uh, jefferson and i were kind of joking a bit or he he wasn't i was about mm-hmm. the fast car guys coming with the big motors and he said no nah, i didn't think the simons boys and all them guys would be coming well guess what jerry simons is going so these guys are creating stuff that's exciting this this is irregardless of a bad economy or what 
what Bobby Deal is doing down there, and it's the result, again, of a couple of years of, of a lot of work by lots and lots of people. It's not Bobby sitting up on a thing waving a magic wand or, or whatever. He's the, he's the band leader and the orchestrator down there, but they are packing the place, and the people are paying money. There's not, those people aren't coming in there for free. They're spending dollars, and uh, they're having a hard time keeping up with the concessions and things like that because they're getting tremendous fan counts. And, That's uh, great. You know, these are good things. And, like, um, you know, Robert Hart, like three months ago, I had said to many people, it's like, man, Orlando, who, how could – I mean, it was a big blow, I felt, to see uh, – and I think you agree that to see guys like talent like Rusty Marcus and – and Terry Roberts leave Florida racing is a big blow. Well, yeah. Robert came up with you, and that's a good thing. So there's a lot of good things, and we could go on about that, but there is a lot of good things going on, too, in this state right now that, that are bigger than the, any kind of bad economy. Well, there is. And, I, you know, I mean, Rusty, uh, Rusty and our friends, in fact, um, if you don't know the story, the reason why Rusty came to Orlando Speed World is I met him when I, I went down there and worked a little bit with him. Um, at, at Oak, in Okeechobee down there, and, and he, me and I got to talking, and, and uh, I gave uh, I gave uh, his name to Dick when he was running out at Speedworld, and told him that he was he could probably come up there and help him. And the next thing you know, he's working in the office. And the next thing you know, he's the promoter. And uh, so, you know, I I know Rusty likes what he, I, he loves it, and he likes the people, and he worked hard for him. And uh, you know, the thing with Robert is he saw. The, the, the things haven't, you know, things weren't going uh, great all the time. There was there was great things happening here and there, and there was some big nights. Um, but he also realized this year with the the, the economy is something you have to contend with. Some places are going to feel it uh, later than others, and or did, and some people some people is not affecting it as badly, and some people choose to spend their money, no matter what, on racing while you know while maybe suffering in some other areas. That's the way it kind of goes, but. Um, Robert took some steps, I think, this year to, to ensure that he's going to uh, get through this year, and I think that, that that's where a lot of the main emphasis has gone. And, and, and even in, I know this from our business, where I work, you know, the owner of the company had to take steps to make sure that he's going to be, you know, solid to get through the year. And, and you know, part of that was some cuts, and part of that was just uh, re, redoing the way you do things. And so Robert has kind of done that um, with the alternating schedule and, you know, the things that he's done there and, and, and cutting back on some, some people and some expenditures. So um, that's just kind of the way it is right now, but we're not going to let that stop us from working hard. We're going to still go after it. Um, and, and, I, and, and having a conversation with him um, at the track and, and then talking to him on the phone, I know he, he wants to keep the tracks going. He really cares about his tracks and wants them to get better. And uh, so you can tell that. And uh, if anybody knows the, the past history of myself and, and uh, back to the Clyde Hard days and, and, and even Robert, um, we've had our differences. But I can tell you one thing. Um, he, he does care about his tracks. He wants them to succeed. And uh, I think he knows that, that I want him to succeed, too. And so we're going to work together, and uh, we're going to get it done. It's going to get better this year. It's going to continue to get better. And, and I'm really Really, really excited about having the opportunity to do it, but also really excited about what next year could really be all about. Uh, if we can get all this thing operating like we want it to do this year. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, because again, and there's a lot of like Joe Lewandowski coming in, and and he's he's doing. Um, you know, he's beginning to 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 make 
uh, his experience felt in, in the Florida racing scene. Um, Auburndale Speedway, that little place. I mean, people around Florida, especially, you know, I don't know how many people from Polk County will tell you, you know, Polk County is not the richest county in Florida, you know, and that's, that's, that's putting it in a nice way. But yet, according to well, Rex... Fortunately, one thing they do have going for them is that area over there is one of the fastest-growing areas. The Davenport and up and around, it's around there is one of the fastest-growing, uh, top five fastest-growing areas in the country well, right now. Rex, so. Rex guy says that uh, he's getting very good crowds. I talked to him on Saturday. He said they're getting very good crowds at Auburndale Speedway. He's getting good car counts. Mm, it's a nice well, little track. Absolutely. Mike Peters uh, at Ocala. Is, uh, He's done a tremendous job and had to make some changes and did, and I think it's paying off great for him. But they're getting uh, they're getting a thousand people in there a week, and uh, you know, and and that can happen at Orlando too. It's just a matter of, of it well, yeah, it's staying on it. You know. Time it's going to take some effort, and it's you know, it's, um, not everything always works the way you want it to. But the thing is, try it and and then try something else, and then if that don't work, you try something else, and um, you know, promotion. <laughs> Promotion's kind of a finicky thing. Sometimes they work great, sometimes they don't. Um, you know, there was some nice comments on the board, and one of them was from Bobby and I, I Bobby Beal, and I, I commented back to him today that from the guy who can make an ant race sound exciting, um, I took it as a compliment what he had to say. So um, one thing about Bobby is he, he, uh, he can talk it up to make it sound exciting, and uh, he, he is doing a good job down there. And so... You know the thing is, I've been I've been around these tracks. I've been around racing for a long time. I've seen the goods. I've seen the bads. I've uh, done about everything at a racetrack you can do. I've raced. I've sat in the stands. So I'm going to take all of that experience. You know, I've had the opportunity to try some stuff before when I promoted Evolution at Bronson and um, try some stuff, but never had never had the kind of control uh, in the situation that I really wanted to have. Uh, and I don't know that I have total control of what I want to do here, but I know that they've listened. They're excited about some of the ideas I have. And if I can just have the time to work on it and they have the patience to hang in there, I think we can I think we can really do some things. And uh, that, that's what that's encouraging, and it's, it's going to be fun. You know, I mean, the whole thing is I want everybody to have fun from the, from the crews, the drivers, especially the fans when they come in. We want them to be able to have fun. And, and the officials that work there, you know, these people don't work for high paychecks. Um, they work for a few dollars a week because they love racing. Um, some of them volunteer. I mean, that's just the way it is. But we want everybody to have a good time. And in uh, what is going on in the world today and the economy and all the stuff that we are dealing with, the most if we're going to spend the money to come there, we sure ought to be able to have fun. And that's what we're going to try to make sure happens. That's for sure. All right, Rick. Good luck to you, man. I'm sure Bye, we'll buddy. be. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking. We'll talk to you easy. soon. Bye, Rob. You guys take care. CC, it's good to talk to you all. Nice to talk to you, too, Rick. Wow, I'll tell you. Hey, Jack. What? Our buddy Chris Fontaine finished 20th today in the race. All right. Yeah. They had to race today. They got rained out. Well, good for him. He qualified pretty decent, too. Uh, I want to say 15th or 16th. I might be wrong, so I don't want to. Well, that's good, though. That's a good start. That's a Mm -hmm. a good start for him. Yeah, they had a... 36 cars, <clears throat> yeah. truck, excuse me. Like I said, they had to race today, but he was, uh, there was two cars that were one lap off the lead lap, and he was one of them. All right. Well, he finished 20th. Yeah, man, he did great. He was, uh, finished 20th. That's good. Him and Hermie Sadler were uh, the only two that were just one lap off. The rest of them were all a bunch of laps. All right. Well, so, uh, good for Chris. That's good, man. 
Let's David Rudiman did well. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Rudiman. He's in like 11th in points or something. Yeah, he's still 11th, and his, his dad, Buzzy Rudiman, got the national. I mean, I mean, how how good is it when Daryl Waltrip tells everybody that you won at East Bay Raceway? I mean, East Bay Raceway gets the publicity, too. How about that? Well, and that's another, you know, that's another one of those tracks, you know, um, East Bay is still getting very good crowds, very mm-hmm. good car counts, great, you know, it's always fun to go there. And uh, I think Buzzy won there this week. Weekend. Yeah, you're, you're missing yeah. what I'm saying because, as usual, folks, you know that Jack doesn't watch any kind of sprint cup racing. But in the middle of the sprint cup race, they talked about Buzzy winning at East Bay Raceway, Daryl Walter did, during the race. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. they they reported on that live on the show. Yes, yeah. on the, on, during the race. I mean, how? How, how, what kind of publicity? You couldn't pay for that publicity. Uh, that is great. That was out of that. Excellent. And speaking of David Ruderman, um, this is where, once again, I have to say, uh, excuse me, Bill Green, you promised me a David Ruderman T-shirt, and I am still waiting for it. You don't call. You don't email. You don't let me know the progress Let's of my... Let's get this right. When you say David Ruderman now, he is to be known as the franchise. The franchise. <laughs> That's what... Uh, he made some joke about it. It was in the paper. Uh, yeah. Made a joke about it, saying everybody t- telling Michael Waltrip that he was the franchise. <laughs> well, I'm still so, waiting. Uh, that's what they were calling him during the race. So. So I'm I'm still waiting for my T-shirt from the franchise that I was promised. We'll be right back. <laughs> Roger Krause, driver of number 32 late model, and you're listening to Inside Florida Racing. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. On any given day, somewhere between 9 and 4.30, you arrive ready to bring us the world. And for an extra 20, you'll bring us porn. Hey, you've already got the van and the jumpsuit. Why not get into criminal activity? After all, what are they going to do? Throw you in cable jail? I don't think so. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light manhandler of the Scrambler, because isn't it about time someone hooked you up? Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. 
We're back inside Florida racing, <laughs> everyone. I'm Cece Brooks, and uh, as our show moves on, we're going to talk sprint cars, Rob. Are you ready to talk about sprint cars? We're going to be... Yeah, I've, I've got to talk to our board. Uh... What's the matter, man? <laughs> Are you... Rob, can you hear me? Here, hang on a second. We got, we got a bad connection with this uh, with these guys. Hang on. A okay, we're gonna go ahead and fix that. But uh, coming up, we are going to be speaking. We're gonna be speaking with uh, Kenny Dukes, and uh, who is a Tampa native, and we're gonna be talking sprint car, his sprint car racing uh, career. Uh, let's see here. Also, still to come up, this is exciting. A, a NASCAR visit tonight. We're going to be speaking with Joe Rutman and talking about his long racing career. And then, of course, we will uh, be talking about that big modified mini race that's coming up at Citrus uh, County Speedway. That, of course, is in April 11th. So that's coming up, and we're going to be talking about that. Cece, are you there? I'm right here, hon. All right. Right, I have good. just been chattering away. Well, you know, every now and then we get a little static. Okay, it's now that you guys here. Did, now, did, do we have? Is, do we did, still have Kenny? The Duke of Sprints. The Duke, Duke of Sprints. Sprints. After the Duke of Earl, we've got Duke of Sprints. Kenny Duke's racing. What's happening? Not much, buddy. How's it going? Tell us, man. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kenny, let me explain something. See, when you come on our show and we ask you, like, what's going on? Yeah. You don't say nothing. You say everything. Everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you must have something to talk about because in my lines that I've got here, I see Gene Laughter in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gene's driving. Uh, I've got a, <clears throat> a deal worked out with Gene Lasker and the owner of his car, which is uh, Rick Kensler from Jobsite Concrete. And uh, actually put all the Army logos and stuff on his car over there. So he's actually uh, doing all the benefits for us now. Uh, on the dirt, and uh, it looks like we're going to be doing some more changing here. It looks like Gene is also going to be driving the uh, TBRA uh, wing sprint car for us. On the Did you table. get him a high and tight? What's that? Excuse me? Did you get him a high and tight? Oh, yeah. Got that hair all trimmed up? Yeah, yeah he's high and tight. <laughs> Gene does a wonderful, wonderful job out there, you know, and he's a great individual. As, uh, you know, as a lot of people know, he's a... Uh, a big time into charity events and doing what he can to help out the communities and stuff. And, you know, it's just a, a great working relationship between me and Gene and uh, Rick, uh, you know, from Jobsite Concrete. So it's been working out pretty well. But, uh, yeah, we do have a couple other informations coming on. You know, we've got Tracy Decare. She's driving our non-wing sprint car for the U.S. Army as well. Um, she went out and tested this weekend up in Lake City. And, uh, of course, they were rained out, so we didn't get a whole lot accomplished out there. But everything looked pretty good. And she's going to go test it again on Thursday and get ready for DeSoto for the next race or wherever it's heading to. Um, and, but our big announcement that we got coming up is we're actually doing a sprint car for the Susan G. Coleman three-day breast cancer walk coming up in October through November the 1st. Oh, that's wonderful. We're putting that together. And that's going to be another, um, you know, all proceeds and profits from that race car is going to actually be giving to the uh, – breast cancer research, and then we're actually putting together a team to actually walk in the three-day event itself. So uh, what what is it, uh, explain to the folks listening, uh, how you work with the WoundedSoldiers.org deal? Mm -hmm. Well, the WoundedSoldiers.org is another charity event that we work with with the uh, local recruiting office here in Florida uh, with the U.S. Army, and all of the profits and proceeds that are gained from these race cars that has the U.S. Army on goes back to the active duty soldiers and to the wounded soldier programs, which it helps out, you know, to benefit for the uh, 
uh, you know, when they need they need a little extra hand, need a little extra help that they can't get from the government, then that's what we're trying to do is help them out. And, you know, help them with your uh, everyday cost of living. You know, electrics, waters, just anything that they may need the money for. Kenny, are you from Tampa? Yes, I am. Born and raised. Really, me too. <laughs> Not too many of us left around here. No, because uh, and if you're born and raised in Tampa, CC, you know what that makes you. What's that make you guys? A tampon. Oh, uh, well, see, I, <laughs> hey. I won't go there. <laughs> I, I'm from, I, I'm from Key West, so I'm a conk. So, and I thought I had it bad. You guys got it worse. That lost them. That blew them off the line. <laughs> oh, but really? I think so. Literally. Okay. All right. Well, okay, then we, we need to, uh, we need to get them back on. We need to get, uh. Kenny and Rob reestablished um, back here on the line so we can continue this conversation. And we'll be right back on Inside Florida Racing. This world, nothing can stop Okay, I think the uh, the weather gods or somebody is messing uh, with our lines here. Okay, guys, you're back with us. No, we've lost them again. All righty. Hey, you know, we always want you to stay in touch with us here at Inside Florida Racing. Go to the Real Racing USA forums, and please feel free to uh, post your questions and comments about our show, especially when it's there may be certain topics, certain drivers you'd like to have us on. We want to hear from you, so please go ahead and post that on our forums, or you can always email me directly. I promise to answer your email. That's C-E-C-E at W-I-K-X dot com. Okay, Kenny, Rob, you're back on the line. Yes. All righty. Well, let's get back to talking about sprint cars, guys. We were just at the uh, tampon conk connection. That's where we're just done with that. Yeah, so, so we can move we past, can move past, that, past now. that now. Yeah, I think we can move past the tampon deal. Yeah, absolutely. So, Kenny, yes. tell us, how is uh, sprint cars these days? How's the state of sprint car racing in Florida? The state of it right now, uh, well, it seems like it's in a spiral, the same as you know as the economy is right now. But we're hoping that it's eventually going to pull back out. Uh, you know, that's all we can do is just do our best what we can with what we have. Yeah. Well, sprint cars are not cheap, right? No, sir. Absolutely, it, it costs you these days. If you want to be a competitive into these cars uh, to run up front, you need to spend. You're going to be around seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars just to get you on the racetrack. Yeah. Sprint, sprint cars are not cheap. Racing sprint cars is not cheap. And for reasons unknown to me, um, I don't understand the sprint car side of the equation all that well. Um, they don't get paid a lot when they win races or come in second or third or fourth or fifth. Is that right? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, the uh, you know the pay scale's down. Um, there's been several you know uh, theories around here locally trying to you know pump up some more money, try to get more involved into the sprint car races, but. Right now, I think with just the way the economy is, you know, the, the harder they try to put more money into for the guys, the drivers, and the owners of these cars, you know, the, the, the track owners, you know, finds other ways of trying to take it back as fast as they can, too. So, But, you know, it's not blame for anyone. I mean, basically, it's just uh, the economy is just so bad right now. And, you know, and just, uh, I don't know, it's just going to take a lot of time to get it back up and around. And I try not to step too far into too much of that, 
yep. because I've got my fingers in so many other things with uh, the special event cars that I try to put on, you know, to benefit. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough – running sprint cars is not an easy thing, and we probably need to bring a – get more sponsors involved and, and things like that and, and just promote the hell out of it a lot more probably than we're doing. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, these days, if you don't have a good sponsorship package in, uh, it, it's really difficult to even get out there. And but I see the TBRA so far this year, the TBRA is getting very good car counts. Yes. They, after a little bit of a – they had some, some little issues with that here and there uh, last year. They're doing really good with that. and. Uh, you know, yes, yep. it's guess definitely we'll... coming back up with the TBRA. Uh, Lenny and the and the guys over there has really stepped out there and tried to you know gain some more money and and uh, get other sponsorships as well to come on too as well, you know, to help support the uh, local racing series here in Florida. Because yeah. if we don't do something now, you know, it's going to happen eventually. It's all going to be gone. And then once it's gone, then we're never going to get it back. That's exactly, right. and that's you know, what we it's, need it's, to avoid. It's, it's, it's all downhill spiral once it gets started, <laughs> unfortunately. But. Uh, you know, we just do what we can each day and just try to keep poking along. And, you know, I do my best that I can. And the people that I, you know, run in my, my little circle that I have, I'm just and a small fish in a big old pond here, that's for sure. And, Kenny, but, what, uh, what supporters and sponsors do you really, have really for the 09 season that you would like to thank? I, I cannot hear that. Okay, Kenny, what kind of supporters and sponsors do you already have set in place for the 2009 racing season that you would like to take a moment on our show and thank? Oh, absolutely. I guess, God, there's so many of them. i got a list there of that thing. I don't, I'm actually caught outside in the garage right now, so I don't have my list with me. But, yeah, I can start off. we got, you know, we got Davey Steel, uh, Steel Performance over here in Tampa. Uh, we got Jobside Concrete in Tampa here. He delivers all the concrete for a lot of construction guys. We have, uh, you know, of course, one of my companies, the Dukes Roofing, is incorporated with it. Then we have uh, Winners. Uh, winner's products, they furnish all of our rear ends and stuff for us, what we need. We are actually working on a chassis company right now. We've been using Doug Shaw chassis out of um, Sarasota, um, but we are looking you know, to venture out further than that. And, uh, God, it's just... Oh, motorcycles, don't forget them, and Lasker's powder coat. Oh, I, yeah, he's coming on there last. Believe me, I won't never forget Gene. <laughs> if, I, if I was to forget him, brother, he'd be on the phone calling me in five minutes, but... No, absolutely. Lasker's Powder Coating in Tampa is, is, is a phenomenal business over here as well. And, you know, they give so much back to the community. And, and uh, it's just 35 years of friendship me and Gene's been together. I've known that guy since, you know, we were 15 years old, me and him both. And uh, just raised up. And he's just done so much more. And, you know, and his family stuff and the ties that he's had in racing. And then my family ties in racing. And so why not We'd bring it all together and just form one group here? And that's basically what we've been trying to do. Uh, Kenny, uh, tell you what, as we go along here through this year, keep us informed. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I have to applaud you because you contacted us and wanted to get on the show to get information out to to help promote sprint car racing and your deal in, in particular. And and that's a good thing, man, because that's why we're here is to be able to to bring people like yourself who are out here trying to make this racing thing happen and have fun at it and uh, to bring it to the public. So I appreciate you doing that, man. And, oh, absolutely. Well, I sure appreciate you giving me the time on the, on the, uh, on the radio with you. But I definitely just want to make a definitely announcement for that Susan G. Coleman, you know, the three-day cure for Walker breast cancer. We're putting a brand-new car together right now. It should be out within, hopefully within the next several weeks, it'll be out on the racetrack. And uh, we're trying to get as many people as we can signed up to actually register with us and go do the actual three-day walk. And, w and Now, where is this at again? Uh, the three-day walk is going to be held here in, in Tampa, Florida, October the 30th, 30th through November the 1st. That's what it goes, October the 30th through November 1st of 2009. 
Okay. And it'll be held here. And how do how do people who do people get it? How do you get in contact with someone regarding this? Or is there a website? What do you do? Yeah, they can actually go on to the susangcoleman.org, and then punch in Kenny Dukes Racing as the affiliate, and then all the information to punch up. And then all they do is just go ahead and register right then, and then uh, they'll send us the information that uh, has been registered. Then we can get out the uh, T-shirts and everything to everybody that's going to be actually involved with us. Where's it going to be? Uh, it's actually held here in Tampa. Yeah, where? Do you know? I, you know, they haven't gave the actual location of it. Okay. But as soon as I find out the location of where it's going to be actually start the walk at, uh, somebody had told me St. Petersburg is where it was going to be starting at, and then it's actually a three-day, 20-mile-a-day, so it's going to be 60 miles to raise as much money as we can. All right. That's cool. Let us know um, more about that thing as it goes along. Um, Oh, yeah, absolutely. The further I get involved with this here, the more it's going to happen. Uh, like I said, the cars should be out here in the next couple of weeks, and then I'll send you all the photos and all the information and actually who's going to be the driver of it. Um, we've talked to several different female drivers right now, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of people that's in, uh, really interested in wanting to come on and, you know, and set in this thing. And, you know, we have Brian Gingras. He's called up. He's threw his, his name in the hat wanting to drive the car. Uh, 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 we've got uh, Kenny. I'll drive it. Excuse me? Throw my name in the hat. I'll drive it. I'll throw your name in the hat, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's all about charity for me. And as long as we can, I don't you know, whoever sits in the car, I'm sure is going to do the best of their cool. ability. And, you know, the whole thing of the car is just to make as much money as we possibly we can that we can give back for this race for the cure. That's a great idea. I think, uh, you know, hats right, off Katie, to you for supporting good. that. Uh, glad you took the time to talk with us, and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon. Hey, we sure appreciate it, guys. All right. Take That's it. Mm-hmm. Good night. Okay, well, that's a, they're doing some great things over there. You know, that's, that's wonderful what they're doing to raise money for breast cancer research. So, uh, hey, if you can, throw some dollars to them and help support them. Um, and the, that would just be a wonderful thing. You can always get a hold of them. And if you need more contact information, get a hold of us here at Inside Florida Racing. Okay, it, hey, guys, can you believe it? We're coming up to carton time. Well, we got about... Uh let me see here. Hey, Rob. Yeah. When are you going to race again? We got a few minutes here. When are you going to race again, man? I don't know. Uh, I've been talking. Uh, a bit. I've been really seriously talking about this V8 uh, stock car stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be able to get my license. It's going to be a little bit easier than uh, we thought. And. Uh, you know, basically, uh, I'm not going to have to go to to uh, all the school. You know, uh, Lee Arnold uh, had a little talk with me and wanted me to make sure I told everybody out there that it's not as difficult uh, for us that have been racing with our cars to switch our cars over to this class. It's not that difficult. And also, in order to get licensed up to do it, it's not going to be that big a deal because uh, uh Lee can help out with that. Yeah, you got Lee Arnold and Tony Amico pulling strings for you. I get this well, picture. It's not pulling strings for me, but it is for anybody that you know wants to get involved in the series. That uh, uh, it, it's really not that much to switch them over. You know, I was really thinking it was going to be a lot. You know, and really looking at it, it's not going to be. And uh, most guys probably already got the stuff. You know, uh, sitting in their trailer. So you know, it's probably not something that I'll do all the time. But since I don't get to race all the time. You know, I can't stress to people, you know, that it's been difficult for me, you know, in moving here and getting accustomed uh, to a new job and then uh, having uh, my son. It, it really has been difficult for me in these times.
much. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that the economy is definitely affected. And uh, I'd love to race my car again, but I don't know when. Jack, do you have a ride for me? Well, not today. I don't. I can't say that as I do. All right. Well, I'm going to the races on the 25th. I'm going to go to Bronson. And uh, I'm going to see the big modified race in Bronson. And I'm going to see how the track's running. Uh, they will have raced, uh, you know, five, five or six shows by then. And uh, I really want to see uh, how the big show works out there. All right. Are you going to go? Bronson? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That might be. That was probably going to be a two-day event for me. I can't wait. Three thousand dollar to win modified race just to see. Regardless, it doesn't matter if they're racing for tiddlywinks. The fact mm-hmm. is, you're going to have the, the very best modified racers in the state of Florida there on the 25th of April. It's the 25th, right? Is that right? Yeah, 25th. Maybe you'll have to come stay out in the woods with us in Levy County. Might do that. Tell you what, man. Let's take it, that's let, for sure. Let's take a quick break and come back with uh, Mr. Joe Rutman.
And welcome back to Inside Florida Racing. Good evening, everyone. And uh, we have a very special treat for everyone. We have a special interview this evening, special guest with us, um, Joe Rutman. Joe, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. I'm welcome uh, to uh, Tennessee here. That's where I'm at. And what is the weather up there in Tennessee tonight? Well... It, uh, we were just talking about the. It's going to be a low of 47. That that's a tremendous difference between. It was 32 last night, so we have not escaped uh, the cold yet. So uh, I I do have the occasion to go down and visit uh, my brother and and uh, my mother-in-law, which both live in Florida. And geez, I hate to hate to leave. As a matter of fact, Joe, just so you know, um, you're speaking to us from our. Uh, we're speaking to you. Live from our studios atop the top of the Real Race in USA building in beautiful downtown Northport, Florida, and uh, I think you might have some uh, some knowledge of that. That's uh, my brother uh, lives in Northport, and uh, my mother-in-law lives uh, on Pine Island and just north of uh, yeah. Fort Myers. So I I run between the two, and and uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> simple, I'm jealous. Yeah, it's, it was a beautiful day down here today, no doubt, man. It's great to have you on the show. Take it away, Rob. Yeah, uh, Joe, uh, my name's Rob Elting. Um, Rob, I'm yeah. one of the hosts on the show, and uh, it's great to have you on the show, by the way. It's my pleasure. Um, now, uh, we, we do a karting segment on our show. We do a lot of uh, circle track racing segments and a lot of different other kind of car racing, but we take you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes out of the show every week. And uh, we talk about go-kart racing because it was such a big part of my racing career and uh, getting started in racing. And um, having you on the show, you know, your racing career spans over so many years. And uh, I'd just like for you to talk a little bit of uh, about um, your go-kart racing experiences uh, in the early days of go-kart racing. Well, you know, let everybody know karting is... Far and away, the greatest, I mean, backing up a little bit, tremendous amount of people come to me all the time, you know, how do I get into NASCAR, how do I, I want my son to race, I want him to do this, I want him to do that. My only recommendation to him is, he's young enough, put him on a go-kart, he'll learn all the driving skills he needs to advance him to that next level. So that's how important karting is to me and was to me from the time I started. I just didn't get as early start as some of the kids can today. You know, I was probably, you know, 13, 14 years old before I had the opportunity. You know, you know, karting was not big back when they made wooden wheels and stuff, so I didn't get that opportunity at a young age. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the early karting that you were in. Uh, what year were you racing go-karts? I, right at first, it was in, in the late, uh, you know, 50s, and uh, that's when Duffy Livingston built the first go-kart, and uh, that was uh, the big deal. And then uh, there was Faye and Tom Pearson built the bug cart and Stinger and all the other stuff that they built. And that was my introduction to karting was when they first started. You know, they are on the West Coast, uh, Azusa, California, and... Uh, you know, I, at that time I lived in in the Detroit area, and uh, fortunately my folks had a uh, a distributorship on many go karts, Hornet, 
cart out of Texas and and uh, go, we never did have go kart, but we had Coretta cart, which was uh, Art Engels and Lou Borelli, probably one of the inventors of such a thing called go karts. So that's when I got started, and, uh, and everything was everything was two cycle. In other words, when I get close to I don't want to advance too far, but when I get close to my brother now, you know, everything is four-cycle. Well, everything I did was all, you know, four-cycle was on a fun cart you run in, the, in, the, in maybe a parking lot, but you didn't race it. Everything I, I raced was all two-cycle. That would be the McCullough era, probably, of two-cycle engines? Right. You know, Power Products, West Bend, uh, you know, the forerunners to the uh, the European engines coming in with, rotary valves and that's uh you know primarily all i ran you know we had you know i had the occasion to dart cart which was mansfield ohio mickey rupp was really a big manufacturer and i had the occasion to be a factory team driver for him and uh i understand now he's in florida somewhere enjoying flying airplanes but uh everything back then was all two cycle you know we had either you had a single uh, mccullough 6.1 cubic inch, or you had a, a single, uh, a larger, uh, the, the larger Mac 70s and all that sort of stuff. And I, I even run triple engine stuff indoors. I, I had a, we had a triple engine uh, uh, McCulloch powered uh, cart, which was a lot of fun to run. But you know, it just it was just totally a different era. And I, you know, obviously got away from it. I did I did not have any children. Uh, that was interested in carting, all girls, and they wanted to chase boys. So, you know, obviously when I made that next step into cars, I got away from carts. Right. Now, that step into cars, um, did it take you uh, a long time to uh, make this uh, transition into cars? It really didn't because you get all the basic fundamentals of driving with a go-kart. And, uh, you know, it was like, Wow, everyone, you know, car, that's that's no big deal. So that's why I say that I think anybody, I would recommend anybody that, you know, had a child that wanted to become a race driver, positively, you know, start them on go-karts. In other words, I had a, a fond dream when I was little. My folks didn't have the money. I wanted to run quarter midget. But I really don't think quarter midget gives you the, the, the total background that karting does. I mean, even though I would have given my left arm to have an opportunity to run a, you know, Curtis Craft quarter midget, you know, looking back on it, that was probably a blessing because uh, I didn't get the opportunity. Right. So as uh, time has gone on and, and you uh, found yourself um, racing in the late models and stock cars and stuff, how did you... Um, get involved in what we got became to known as the truck series, the Craftsman truck series? Well, I, you know, I started in, you know, like around Detroit in like what you'd call late models. They didn't call them back, you know, super stocks or something they called them back then. And I had the advantage maybe that a lot of young guys don't have is, you know, my brother was a famous race driver and so everyone thinks you got it in your blood. So I, I had the opportunity probably much quicker than anybody else. That I, I started, you know, at short track racing, you know, quarter mile, three eighths, and you know, around the Midwest uh, for years, and progressed up into Cup and and uh, 
you know, what scares a lot of people, I, I don't like to tell everybody, but my first cup race was 1963 at Riverside, California. And I raced against uh, Ron Hornaday's father. So uh, that gives you an idea, you know, how long my racing career in cars spanned. Yeah, um, you, you always like the road courses. Uh, I noticed that over your driving career. Why is that? Well, I'm sure it came naturally from karting. You know, in other words, uh, you know, that's the basic thing it teaches you is to learn a course. And, I, you know, I think that was a big advantage. No one could understand because I was older. When I come along, you know, I was older, and, you know, people don't think of go-karts, but go-karts, you know, you know, teach you all of the basics, how to how to enter, uh, maybe if you want a late apex and get across the middle, and and all of those things was was taught in karting. So I just brought that stuff along with me, and, uh, you know, that's where the natural uh, performance came from was karting. And no one, no, I was I was so old, everyone thought, well, you probably didn't kart, you're too old, you know, but... Uh, you know, I didn't offer it to him at that point, but uh, now I'm at probably the other end of my career, and uh, you, now I can give people a straight advice. Yeah, you know, it, um, I'm hoping that my starting uh, experience that I had will transfer into my uh, my late model racing that I've been doing over the years. I'm, I'm not really that great of a late model racer. I've never won any big races, but, you know, I've raced quite a bit. I've raced at all the tracks in Florida, and I've enjoyed it, but... I'm uh, looking to uh, get into this different series that turns our late models into uh, road racing cars. We'll get to run at Sebring and a couple of the other tracks here in Florida. So I'm looking forward to my go-kart experience at least uh, helping me out in that. Uh... Well, I think, you know, I think one of the things that to protect you, you know, and, and I've been in and out of good equipment, you know, people have got to realize uh the quick story I tell everybody, you know, if you think you're the world's greatest jockey and you go to the Kentucky Derby on a mule, you're not going to win. You know, so, you know, there's a, you have to keep yourself in absolutely the best equipment. And I think, uh, you know, that's mandatory. So no matter how good a driver you think you are, if you do not have absolutely the, the finest equipment, you know, you, it's difficult to show what you have. That's always been a good excuse for me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, it's really no excuse. I mean, you look at, uh, I had the occasion to race against the first race that Kyle Busch ran, and it would happen to be in trucks, and I'd like to get back to the story how I got involved, but it was up in Chicago. The track's not there anymore. It was a half-mile track, very flat, and, but... Part of it was that his brother come along, and uh, you know, and so he got a chance to step into Roush's truck. Even though Jack and I are not best of friends right now, you know, you know, he stepped in and he had good equipment, tremendous people working for him. And as I recall, the first race the guy ever ran, uh, you know, uh, Kyle Busch, he could have won. One, you know, they run him out of gas. It. You know, and, and there's a guy, there's guys that come along like that that's just got talent, you know, I mean, you know, but he had a good piece of equipment as well. And you watch him today in, in, in the cup races, you know, when you are got Joe Gibbs' equipment or you have Rick Hendricks' equipment, you don't have second to none. So, 
even though he's got limited experience, he is a tremendous race driver. But you got to remember, he's driving absolutely the best of equipment. So be careful when you put yourself down. If you had the opportunity to drive that, uh, you might be a lot better driver than you might imagine. Yes, uh, I always think so. <laughs> Joe, don't tell him things like that. Please, please, please. Now, Joe, uh, you talked about being on the other end of your career. I, I still think that we're going to see Joe racing uh, a truck or a nationwide car or a Sprint Cup car, right? What's going on? Well, we're working on uh, – didn't have a lot of success at Bristol, but there's uh, a local fellow that's wanted to start a team, and – and right now is probably, if he can financially weather this first initial, uh, you know, cost factor to get involved, now would be a perfect time to start up a team, whether it be a truck team, if you're a, a low-budget guy, uh, nationwide, and even, even the Cup. You know, this is a an, you know, magnificent time to start. You know, the economy being where it is, it gives a little guy a chance. Uh, they, they're cutting the practices, you know, the testing back. In other words, you don't practice and you don't have as much engineering thrown into the car that you would in the past. And you, you have an outside opportunity to come in, excuse me, and race with the guys. So, uh, so yes, I'm, you know, I'm helping a friend that I've known 30 some years. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, along the way I've, I've helped, you know, uh, other other owners and you know collectively help my career to keep it alive and maybe this might generate some more racing for me joe joe is there more that you wanted to say there about uh, about getting into the craftsman truck deal or the the truck racing career well it, it, it come along and you, you get and i tell my wife having a new wife uh, three years and you know i tell her over my career you, you come and go, you know, you're a hot item, you know, sprint car drivers are the, the hot ticket for a while, and then they're not, and young guys, and then old guys, it's like a wheel. It eventually makes a full circle if you can last. And, I, you know, you, you're in cup, you're out of cup, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you know, make poor decisions on, I wanted to build my own team, which was a real mistake at the time. And I was out of a ride in 1995. And uh, the fellows that own No Fear call me, and the Simo brothers, and they said, uh, we're going to build a team, and we're going to start racing this truck, this new truck series. And I thought to myself, pickup trucks, well, what a dumb thing to run, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm sitting just about like I am now, and I'm, you know, unemployed at the moment, you know, and I'm thinking, well... This will probably, you know, last maybe two or three races, and I'll make a few paychecks, and then, you know, get me on to a real race. And, uh, you know, get into, you know, Bush at that time, or, you know, might launch back in the cup again. You just don't ever know. And I'll never forget, you know, I had never seen it on TV. I'd heard about it, you know, but just the idea of racing a pickup truck was just a, a dumb idea because... When you think of a pickup truck, they're light in the back end, and they're not aerodynamic, and they're just not built to race. But, you know, I should have used my brain that you can put lead on the thing, you know, and make it weigh anything you want, you know. So, But I didn't think of that. We went, I went to Phoenix was the first race, and all of a sudden I realized 
that Ford Motor Company was there, Chrysler was there, Chevrolet was there, and all had a tremendous interest because pickups is one of their major selling items. And at that moment, after one day of being there, I'm going, man, this is a great thing for me to be involved in. <laughs> and uh, and you could see with their backing in, in NASCAR being as strong as they were, they could, in fact, you know, get this thing off the ground. Because at first I thought it was like a, you know, you think of a rifle in the back window and, you know, you know, some guy out in the four-wheel drive running out through the boonies, you know, not circle track racing with it, you know. But you could see right then and there that it was going to be a big deal. And, uh, and and then once I got involved in that, I, you know, was more successful. But at that end of the wheel, I was at the bottom side of the wheel, and everyone was looking for young guys, which is nothing wrong with that because they can hire them cheaper. They're looking for young guys in Cup, so I'm thinking, well, the hell with it. I'm making a good living here, and I can win. And uh, I just stayed with it and uh, probably passed up some opportunities to get back into Cup, not with good teams, because if you knew you didn't get in with a good team, no matter how good you can drive, you're not going to do good. So uh, that's the essence of how I got started in in, uh, the truck series. Hey, Joe, when they were going to let you go to Daytona with those trucks, um, what was it like with the truck at Daytona the first time you drove it there? Well, they scared the hell out of me, I'll be right frank, because Daytona wasn't the first place we ran. You know, they they sent me to, uh, they called me, and I, and they said, we're going we're gonna to go to Las Vegas. And, you know, I think the biggest track we'd run on is a 5.8 at that time, you know. And they said, we're going to test out in Las Vegas. And I said, guys... I says, you know, we're gonna we're gonna run 150 mile an hour, and he says, oh, don't worry about it. They're gonna we're gonna do a lot of tests, and they're gonna have you know, a Ford team, a Chevy team, and a Dodge team out there, and and we're gonna develop what it's gonna take to run on a big track. And I think, oh, okay. So I go out to Phoenix to fly into Phoenix, and they come from Detroit, and and uh, they unload the car, and I'm standing around baloneying with them, and the, the the NASCAR guys are there, and and uh, after about an hour and 45 minutes, I could, you know, I says, well, we're, you know, isn't Chevy going to come with a truck, and maybe Dodge is not going to come with a truck, and and they says, no, we just decided, you know, we're going to let you do the development, and I says, well, well, wait a minute, I says, what do you think, I'm so old, you can get rid of me, and it don't make any difference, because no one knew what it was going to do, and, uh, and, and I go, well, what's going to happen at 150 miles an hour? And they said, well, you're going to tell us. Wow. And, and I have to admit, I was a little bit apprehensive because you didn't know if you got it sideways, what it was going to fly up in the grandstand, what it was going to do. You were a test pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a, te- I mean, you know, but I wasn't getting. That's get- a good way to put it. I, but, but I wasn't getting paid the extra for being a test pilot, you know. <laughs> but anyway, long story short. I mean, I, I have to admit, I was real apprehensive because you just just never been there. But we ran a little bit, and they played with a spoiler, put side windows in it, and we spent, I think, a day and a half or two days, whatever it might have been. And the track wasn't clean, so I was a little bit apprehensive about trying the high and low groove because out there, sand blows over the track. But you could see that they were going to be they were going to be all right. They did the spoiler change and stuff like that. So to answer your question, when we went to Daytona, you know, it, 
it drove perfect. They put a big enough spoiler on it, and it uh, drove like an old cup car that I've driven for, you know, back when, you know, when there was guys that you no know, modern people don't even remember, you know. <laughs> All right, with well, you know, and that's how it drove. It drove just like the old cars did. Not the modern cars, but like the old cars. So in, um, in running it there, and, and so it was pretty comfortable for you, let me ask you this question. I, I know that you were racing at the time that Jeff Bodine had such a serious accident there. Um, were you right there in that action? Yeah, I cut down through the infield. Dust was flying, and I thought, boy, I missed everything. And I saw a big object rolling or bouncing across in front of me, but I missed it. I didn't think it was a body, but, you know, I, it was big, you know. Come to find out later, it was the engine out of his car that come bouncing across the infield. And uh, so, uh, yes, I was there and uh, just happened to be maybe through pit stops and stuff, I was, you know, relegated to the back of the pack and but that was not a problem because you know i was driving on at that time a good team and and i wasn't you know just a a circle of a sequence of you know doing pit stops and stuff but yes i you know i did tear the car up on the truck up a little enough that i could not do good in the race but because they told tore up the front dam and stuff on it but yeah when i later got a chance to I didn't walk up and look at the truck, but you, you could see when it got involved with the fence how what a horrendous crash it was. It was just phenomenal that he was able to live through that. That video is still sure all over the Internet out there, and uh, it is one horrendous. Uh, it is amazing that somebody could walk away from that. Probably the only two that I've ever seen. I was right there when when Mikey crashed at Bristol, and I was uh, happened to be there when I think it was Mike Harmon crashed at Bristol, and and probably the cars themselves were probably torn up more because they, at that time, well, especially Mikey's car, because they were running lightweight tubing and that baby ripped right where the the eight post come down. And when I looked, I heard the crash and I looked up and he's sitting with his legs out the front and his legs are on the racetrack, you know. And the whole front of the car was just totally gone, you know. Uh, wow. But it, it had light tubing and stuff, so that's when NASCAR started mandating heavier tubing and stuff because they were making it out of exhaust pipe, you know, to, to make them lighter. But that was some of the, you know, some of the, you know, that was probably one of the other things that happened in my career. We could talk about it for two days, but, you know, safety innovations and stuff that I've gone through that's just, just amazing. That's something that I wanted to touch on a little bit in talking about. The reason why I brought that accident up was uh, when you were talking about being a test pilot, um, I think that Jeff Bodine was uh, a definite test pilot, and I think the truck at that time proved itself to be definitely uh, a viable racing machine that uh, could sustain a serious crash. And I think with that crash, they also uh, developed things that helped keep the trucks the surface a little bit better, right? Right. In other words, they actually, uh, if you look at the, really, when you when you see a truck without the body on it, from a distance, you don't really recognize the the, uh, the roof is that much higher. You know, the bars are that much higher because the rest of it is basically a Winston Cup car. You know, it has a little longer wheelbase, but only by two inches. So you, from a distance, you don't notice that. But 
I mean, I, I knew right from the start that it was a safe vehicle because on the inside, it, you, you didn't realize that you were running a truck. You just thought you were driving a cup car. But one of the things that they did come up with after that is they put some bars out there to keep the, the trucks from running over another guy's wheel, which is what launched him up into the into the fence. Right. And that's in only the trucks have it. In fact, I was at, uh, uh, you know, a, a fabrication shop down in uh, North Carolina just the last week, and he had a couple trucks sitting there, and it reminded me of uh, the rule changes that they made loops to not allow one guy to jump over another guy's wheel to get him airborne and get him flying through the air. Now, the, the cup cars, they don't do that. Ronnie Hopkins, uh, you know, was uh, one of the major builders in in cup and, you know, Bush, as I call it. You know, and it's hard for me to say nationwide, but and they build a lot of trucks, too. But uh, So there were some innovations that was that come up out of that. Yeah, it's hard for me to get that Winston Cup out of me, too, because I always say it all the time. I call it a Winston Cup car. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm quick to say Cup. I, I try to say Cup, and nationwide, I, you know, it's hard after, you know, 25 or 30 years, whatever it is, saying Bush, it's hard to get away from that. But they're, but it, it's, it's just amazing when you see, you know, all the stuff that's been, you know, I've had the occasion, you know, since, 60, I won't say that word again, you know, that number, because it's pretty small. You know, from there to here, it's amazing, you know, what I've seen progress all those years. Well, because you have seen and witnessed so much, what do you think of the state of racing now? It's neat to watch, but way too expensive. I mean, it's yeah. uh, eliminated 99 and 9 of everybody out of it, because it requires so much money to run them that I don't know. At the cup level you're talking about. I just, I, that's the bad thing. You know, when you go back and, and you know, when you're connected to it, everything's hunky-dory. But when you see the cost, you know, when, when the big teams are asking for $20 million to run a car, you know, there's just not too many companies around that have that kind of wherewithal. But it all starts at carts. It starts with carting. Let me say this, and I know you guys are busy and want to do something else. To get people aware of the cost of cup, and even nationwide in some cases. A good friend of mine is Phoenix Racing, which is out of Florida down there. Yep. And I was at their shop just a week ago. And you see those carts that set, in, and those guys are setting on top of the crew chiefs and stuff like that. They call them all kind of things, but... The, the carts that they're setting on, that cart, new, cost $100,000. Oh, yeah. Huh. I always so say. That, that has to give people that's listening, uh, a, a car, you know, even myself, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at that going, it costs how much? You know, and they just say it like you're talking about buying a, $100 tire, you know. But anyway, they that opened my eyes. Yeah. It's still like that with late model racing today. When I go to a late model race, I race against guys that have more money in their toolbox than I got in my trailer, race car, truck, my whole rig. They pull a toolbox out that's got more money in it than what I got. And, uh, well, but it doesn't I, matter because I just enjoy racing. That was the thing. Uh, 
I always enjoyed racing, so I didn't care what I brought. I bought the brought the best thing that I could bring there, and every now and then it works out. Well, I mean, I mean, I still love all kind of racing. Today, I was at, when you talk about late model, it brings back. This afternoon, I was at Mike Alexander's, his boy. I don't know if he ever goes down to Florida to race, but he races in Alabama a bunch. They've got, he's got two right now, but Granddad has bought him two new ones. He's going to have three late models. Clay Alexander's his name. His father owns 15 or 18 dealerships up around this area here. And Mike raced some cup, but he's, his boy's coming along. And I, when you're talking running a late model here, I walk into his shop, and you see a young boy, which is going to be a great opportunity for him. He's probably, you know, 21, 22 years old. And here, Dad, race cup, and uh, they they've got two complete cars, and they got another new one coming. And uh, Gramps is buying it and sponsoring them. Now, you know, when you go late model racing, it's really hard to to compete you know, with somebody that's got that kind of money, you know, and and, uh, and they go test all the time. And and, and actually his, his dad keeps him in absolutely the best of all equipment. So that's why I, I'm, I started this conversation by saying you got to be careful when you when you go racing. You don't get discouraged because the equipment has a lot to do with the success you're going to have on the racetrack. Yeah. Speaking of equipment and success, you brought up Phoenix, uh what is old James Finch up to these days? I, I actually had a phone conversation with him in my younger days of first race and late models trying to get in one of his rides. <laughs> <laughs> James is the one and only. They broke them all. He just loves racing, and he spends a tremendous amount of his own money, a tremendous amount of his own money. In other words, that's his hobby is racing. I tried to get him to adopt me, but one of the problems I have that I'm older than James, and you know, it's really hard to get Dad to, you know, you know, I, I was willing to be adopted, but he didn't want to adopt a, a son older than he was. <laughs> so I tried the same thing you did. I could see that, uh, I mean, it's just phenomenal the money he spends racing, but he enjoys it. He, you know, other guys have a lot of money. They, they buy a lot of things, but the, what he loves is automobile racing, and he spends all of his money on automobile racing, and that's uh, anything he makes in the company, he pours it right back into racing, and he's been doing it for years, you know, I mean, when Purvis started, you know, and he had to race against Purvis, you know, they had all aluminum motors back then when they weren't checking them, and... Uh, well, he was the one that come down that got me uh, wanting to do it, uh, they had a big, big race in Ocala here when it was the asphalt track, big memorial race they have here called the James Brown Memorial, and they ran it on a Tuesday. They'd run it on the day that the accident happened, that the memorial was for. So if it fell on a Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, whatever, I remember one year they, they're going to have it, first race on the asphalt, you're going to pay, you know, 5000 to win or whatever it was, or 10000 to win on a Tuesday night. I'm right. up there, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be great. Okay, nobody's going to be there. It'll be great. There'll be 10, 15 of us on a Tuesday night. We pull up there, and who's there? Purvis is there with three race cars. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the good news about that is uh, I got him to give me a set of his tires that he practiced with because he has like five sets of tires they give him to come race there. He gave right. me a set of his tires, and I think I finished fifth in the race, and that was actually the first time I ever raced against David Rudiman 
was at that racetrack, Jack, for your information. Really? See, that's, you know, and, that, and that's what happens in, 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 hey, Purvis himself, I don't know if a lot of people understand, you know, Purvis himself is, you know, a pretty wealthy individual on his own. You know, I mean, he, he, he's from Clarksville, Tennessee, and and you think of, you know, what he does and stuff, but he, he owns some big companies, and he's, he's worth a lot of money personally. So what money that James didn't pour into it, he could. So it's... Uh, Again, you've got to have a lot of money. You know, when you see, uh, in, like we could talk for years, uh, you know, I just got done with three and a half years of all the development of the Toyota pickup trucks. And when you see Toyota, I had the opportunity to be do all the testing for the trucks. Did a little bit of COT work, but mainly the trucks. And you've seen the kind of money that they put into it. You know, the average guy just cannot compete against the engineering, the money, wind tunnel, uh, people. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Hey, so, Joe, is the average guy going to be GM and Ford or what? Or Chrysler? Are they going to become average guys against Toyota? They could be. If, if NASCAR don't watch it real close, uh, I told everybody when, when they fired off in, in the trucks, they kept saying, well, hey, they don't look all that good to me, you know, they don't look like they can win. I said, hey, guys, they're, they're throttling back like crazy. You know, they're just, they're running on seven cylinders right now. They got, I mean, we went and tested, and I knew what they had. We, I begged them to race, you know, I mean, I wanted to run, and uh, because I knew what the things would do, you know. It, uh, you know, they just, you know, they, they just throttle back. You know, the Japanese in general, they're makeup is not to come in and bully you. We're an American, you know, they want to punch you in the nose and knock you down the second they see you. Yeah, they're willing to take their time. They, they're very patient. People. Yeah, they're going to take over very slowly. Right, they don't. They, I, I, you, I, my description of it is is they use water torture on you, you know, so it's not, it's slow death, you know, that's what it amounts to. And, and they just take their time. And, and uh, they, they're, you know, bow, uh, and they're really nice. But uh, you could just see what they were doing. They just, they did it right. You know, I've been with the factory, Ford factory, the, the Dodge factory. I've really never done a whole lot with GM, but the other two put together didn't even start to come up with what Toyota did. And, I, you know, when you see that from the inside, uh, you're thinking to yourself, man, I mean, how can you race against this, you know? And, and when, when I went out years ago to see the engine, you know, that was all developed by Formula One guys. You know, they developed, they designed the block on it and lightweight and durable. And, uh, I mean, just everything they touched was just phenomenal. So, uh, uh, you know, they knew what they were headed for. And, uh, and Lee White is really a sharp individual himself that kind of helped engineer and, and mold that whole program together. And, uh, you know, and obviously you could tell, and, and even in Cup, when they finally give it to a team, I love Mikey to death, that, you know, he, he, he'd be a lot, he's like me, he'd be a lot better announcer than he would racer. But, uh, you know, when they give it to Gibbs, you could see what Toyota had. And Toyota had that before, but they just, you know, they just didn't want to show it. 
So, so Joe, let me ask you, how much time do you, do you spend time in Florida a lot or a little bit? What, what, how much time do you spend down in Florida? You know, quite a bit. I, I go down to visit. Uh, now, we cancel out some visits. In fact, believe it or not, at the end of this, on, on my calendar, as I'm looking at right now, I have geared up to go down and, and my wife and I to visit her mother, and then I'd go up and see my brother Jim and his son, Jim, Jimmy, uh, for the next week. But because of the possibility of running Texas, which I crashed the thing at, uh, at Bristol, which eliminates that because they're over in the Carolinas fixing the uh, nationwide car now. But uh, we, we usually go down minimum of uh, four to five times a year for, uh, you know, anywhere between three to uh, three days to a week. Cool. So uh, we got, you know, I love the, I, I can't wait to, I'm already retired. Well, I shouldn't say that word. That's a nasty word. No, no. When I get old, <laughs> when I get real old, I'm already old. So when I get real old, I want to go down to Florida. You know. So. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We, we, uh, don't be surprised if your phone rings again here uh, this year. Okay, we'd love talking with you, man. And uh, I know that well, I could, we could talk. To th- there are so many things that we could cover. You reminded me of. Uh, one of our sister uh, shows that works with us, and uh, uh, we uh, archive all their shows, is Trackside Tonight out of Daytona. Um, and uh, Randy Dye owns a Dodge dealership over there. He's been doing a radio show out of Daytona for 13 years, and we work with them a bit. And uh, one of the shows, they just had uh, Morgan Shepard on a few weeks ago, and uh, I was listening to you talk about some of this stuff, and it reminded me a bit of the interview we had that they had with him. Is like, man, there's such a history here, and there's just endless amounts of uh, of, of stories, just interesting things um, that have happened in the history of racing. And, and you've been a, certainly not only been a part of it, but are still a part of it. And, and that was cool because it was, you know, uh, you know, we were at the at the uh, chassis shop a week ago. We dropped ours off. An hour and a half after we dropped ours off, guess who pulled up in a pickup truck, pulling the trailer? Here comes Morgan. There you go. And unloading his. From Phoenix or from out west, uh, Las Vegas or somewhere? No, no, he uh, he busted up at uh, Bristol. Oh, I got you. Okay. And so he was bringing his into Hopkins to get it fixed, and we beat him over there. I, mean, I didn't know he was coming, but right. it was kind of funny that, uh, that we, you know, kind of come in and out of the same ride some of the time. You know, I, I drove for Kenny Bernstein the first time, first year, and, and he drove the second year for him. So our careers, you know, it's crossed a bunch. But I really never talked to him that much. I, I asked him some questions uh, when he was there. And as you can tell, I like to talk. But, uh, you know, he uh, he hasn't changed a bit. You know, he's, you know he, he enjoys roller skating, and, and he's just a racer. You know, and here he comes, I mean, all by himself, you know, pulling the car on a trailer. They they went out and helped him unload it. He knocked both ends of it off at uh, Bristol. And he's going, man, he says, I shouldn't have done that. He says, I'd already knocked the back off. He says, I was trying to slow down to get in the back so I wouldn't get in anyone's way. And then he says there was a big pile up, and he drove into it, and he knocked the front and the back of it off both, you know. So anyway, it's funny how you your life inter wines and, and I still enjoy because I go from as you can see from short track racing the friend that owns the the, the you know, nationwide car bills cars for here in Nashville late models 
and uh, his drivers has now broke BW's record for the most wins. He's won 100 races up here, and, and so uh, daily I get I get all forms of racing: dirt racing, short track racing, and cup and truck. And uh, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm like a a guy on drugs. I'm high all the time, so I just enjoy it. That's okay. So is Jack. Yeah, we <laughs> we really appreciate you spending this time with us. And as I said, uh, your phone's gonna ring again. Well, I, yeah, uh, I, I, great, uh, I, I hate I hate to take up all your time, but I no, this I, is great. It, it's like having all that information trapped in my little brain, and I go, I, I like to share it, you know, and I love go karts. So when, it, when you talk go karts to me, um, I don't keep any of my stuff. That you know, if you walk into my house, all the races I've won and stuff, I don't keep any reminders because I keep thinking. You, you, old guys talk about bench racing all the time, what they did in the past. So I told I tell everyone I don't talk about the past. I'm looking at the future. So all my stuff. They say, "Well, where's your trophies?" And I say, "Well, I, I give them away." And they say, "Well, don't you keep any?" You know, I got I got one picture in the house of my of my two brothers and myself and my father. This is all I have about relates to racing. You know, and they come in and they say, "Well, where's all your trophies at?" You know, where's all the pictures? <laughs> I go, they're in my head. You know, I I keep them right there. You know. So. Well, different Joe, people operate differently. Well, Joe, you keep your eye out for uh, one of our local guys here in Florida, Chris Fontaine. He uh, just got done racing in the Truck Series over the well, actually today they raced. Uh, he finished twentieth. But um, if you happen to see Chris Fontaine out there, you happen to meet him, give him some words of advice because he, he'll need it over the years. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, uh, I'll have to do that because I still have a lot of a lot of friends in the Truck Series. Uh, Dennis Setzer is a very close friend of mine, and Dennis and I always talk about crew chiefs that we've had in the past. And you know, but anyway, it's, it's, every all its forms of racing is is I have friends in all forms of the racing, so I'll have to. I'll, I'll get him cornered up and and give him some of my advice, whether he wants it or not. Yeah. Hey, Joe, thanks, thank, thanks so much okay. for joining us tonight on Inside Florida Racing. And we'll be uh, definitely giving you another call this year and tapping your brain for more uh, more insight into Great. racing. Thanks and, a lot. Uh, thank you so much. But uh, we're going to uh, go to a break now, Jack, and we're going to be uh, being joined next by Rusty Marcus. Take it right. easy, Joe. Okay. Thank, thank you. you very much. Right. Okay. American heroes. Real American heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor. Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor. Through the miracle of hypoallergenic adhesives, you transform us from mild-mannered accountant into roadhouse biker hooligan. Hooligan. Be it screaming skull or thrashing tiger, you've got a temporary alter ego for any occasion. What else says, I love you, Mom, like a heart with a sword through it? You know I love you, Mom. 
So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor Guy. We may not have been born to ride, but thanks to you, we can feel like it. Thank you, Mr. Fake Tattoo Inventor. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. We're back inside Florida Racing, and uh, we're going to talk about the big modified mini race coming up, Citrus County Speedway, and that's coming up Saturday, April 11th. And uh, with us, Rob, is Skip Honaker. Skip, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. Thank you. All right. Skip, you going to be at the uh, big modified race in Bronson? Well, of course I am. He wouldn't be. That's, that's be what I want to hear. I want to see all the modifieds there. Well, I'm hoping to have over 30 cars there. That'd be nice to put on a really good show for the fans and and uh, all the drivers enjoy themselves. I think they're I think they're doing a good job putting up a a really good purse to win and doing the right way. Keep you know letting us run cutter tires and everything's gonna be a good deal for everybody. So where have you been running this year, Skip? I actually haven't been running yet. I spent uh, a little over six weeks in France working so i just got home about a week and a half ago Ollie so Bufonse. oh yeah nothing <laughs> it's good to be home what are you doing in france uh supporting the shuttle supporting the shuttle space shuttle yes huh. we have well, a transatlantic landing site over there really for when it launches if it loses an engine of maintenance, and they can still make it there to land safely. I thought they were done with these shuttles. No. Nope. Hope uh, the end of next year, 2010. Yeah, man, we talk about using old race cars and stuff. I mean, how old is the shuttle? Is it like from the 70s or what? I think it was actually designed in the late 60s, early 70s, when it actually designed and was built. Now, just think, when Joe Rutman was out there racing them go-karts, they were inventing the shuttle. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. A long time ago. Did you listen to our interview with uh, Joe Rutman? Oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I tell you, where else can you get it to hear stuff like that on the Internet? What? I mean, you think back then, I mean, go-karts were not what they were today, but that was pretty popular. My my father won, ran go-karts to one, a whole bunch of around West Virginia and Ohio. There is a picture. There is a picture. If you go to JoeRutman.com... Uh, there is a picture of one of those old go-karts, and it is old. Yeah, before slicks and the stuff that they run on nowadays, but I don't think go-karts is a bad stepping stone for young kids up and coming, kind of give them the, you know, feel what it's all about for you moving on up. Did you uh, use karting by any chance before you got nope. into racing cars? No, I actually started in mini stocks. And yeah, uh, where did you start racing at? Orlando. Orlando. Mm-hmm. And uh, when did you get into the modified? Probably nine eighty nine. No, I'm sorry, ninety two, ninety three, along in there. What was your home racetrack then? Still Orlando. Orlando. Yep. Yep. They've been running probably a couple three years before I got into them. Well, this is going to have have to be the biggest the Grouch Myers Memorial seventy five lap race at Bronson on the the twenty fifth. Is going to have to be probably the biggest modified race in five years, anyway. I mean, outside outside of what they, I mean, they do the big stuff over there at Speed Weeks, you know, at at uh, at New Smyrna, you know, 
the uh, Richie Evans Memorial's a big deal. But for Florida many stock or for Florida modifieds, this is pretty pretty big, man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I appreciate the track putting it on, and Robbie Cooper's kind of helped, you know, head this thing up, and he gave me a call and said, "Hey, we're having a big modified race going to come." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be there." What's so I'm making to get you guys to... all come? Yeah, what what is it that's making you guys all get together and come now? Because you know, for the last, you know. Uh, three, four, or five years, like he says, you know, we've they've talked about, okay, there's going to be a modified race this track or this track, and then there's ten cars there. So what is the difference now in getting guys to show up? I think one, and, and of course it's the $3,000 to win. Is it? I, is that really what I, it is? I don't think it's all that, but I think that's part of it. Everyone think other, thinks you're going to win. Well, that's true. That's, <laughs> if, you, if you go with any other attitude there, you're you know, you're not going to. I mean, everybody wants to win. There's only going to be one of them, but, you know, you got to go there with that attitude that you're going to win. You're going to be the best that day. But there are going to be some good guys there. I'm sure Wayne Jefferson will be there and Robbie will oh, yeah. his car and a bunch of them guys will be there. You know, there's going to be a lot of good guys. I think that, and they're, and they're doing it the right way, you know, letting the guys run treaded tires, and I think that's a big factor. I mean, the guys that run uh, Citrus and Charlotte County that – already on Goodyear Treaded. I mean, they can buy one set of tires and basically run them and probably run them a couple more nights after that. On that note, yeah. on that note, Skip, you were telling me this afternoon about how much the difference in having to buy tires is. Explain that a little bit for people so they really understand the difference in, in how much it costs. Okay, if you're going to say you're on Treaded Tires and doing the Orlando schedule or New Smyrna, we run twice, basically twice, twice a month. And I'm just going by the the couple of weeks I had that we got to run on my new Smyrna. In my opinion, I believe you could probably get away with two less for the two sets less for the whole year, and maybe three to four sets of right to run the whole year. Versus basically buying. I mean, if you can run up front, you're that's where you want to run. Basically, a new set every week of slicks. Wow. So or every race. So that's looking at what. Well, basically. Probably versus eighteen hundred dollars worth of tires, or two grand at the most, and treaded versus five to six grand and and slicks. All these tracks are running the same exact tire. No, uh, Inverness runs treaded Goodyear's. Uh, Charlotte County runs treaded Goodyear's. Arvindale runs, I think, uh, American Racers, but they're treaded. And New Smyrna and Orlando run on slicks. They're basically the only two tracks in Florida right now that, including dirt, that run modified some slicks. So when you go to this Bronson race, can you run on any brand tire as long as it's a tread? No, you have to run a Goodyear treaded. From my understanding, what Robbie told me, but I have. Luckily, I I was going to go to Inverness at the end of last year to run their races on on the treaded, or the beginning of this year, and I end up not going. But I had the set I ran two races on left over, and I'd bought a used set. For that's what I'm taking to to uh, Bronson. All right. So and I uh, think I, that just evens up the the field. I mean, you know, kind of. There's no more. I got more motor than you do. You know, it's it puts it more back in the driver and making the car handle and be able to wheel a race car more than I got. Not that Bronson's a motor track, but you know, everybody. Well, I don't have enough motor to go to Smyrna. I don't have enough motor to go to Orlando. It just takes that out of the equation. Yeah, and I think that uh, definitely that could be, you know, because I, I think that the, uh, 
the 3,000 to win is just his particular race, and I think that the modifieds in general, I didn't mean that his particular race was all of a sudden all the cars are going to show up. I think this year in general, uh, modified races have been better, uh, more cars showing up, guys going ahead and getting those cars out of the garages in, in a bad economic time and showing up at the track. And if it's the treaded tire that's doing it, then uh, that's a good thing because just like you said, if it costs you five or $6,000 for your tires in a year as opposed to 1800 you're going to be able to fix your car a couple more times when you crash it. Right, and I think the treaded tires help. I know some guys that don't like them and, you know, complain about them, but I think that does help increase the car count. Anything you can do to make it cheaper to the racer without actually changing stuff where he's got to go out and buy new stuff, but anything you can do to, to cut the cost to the racer at the track, I think will encourage more people to bring their cars out and race. Yeah, uh, and the tire thing, the guys that don't like it are probably the ones that got so much money in their car that, you know, they, that they need that slick tire to really get that advantage. And I, I think that's always been a problem with the modified. My personal opinion and seeing what modifieds have done over the period of time is modified races. There was a lot more modifieds out there when they had a claimer rule. There was a lot more modifieds out there when um, they didn't allow um, any carburetor or any motor or, or, or whatever. I, I, and I remember when they started changing that, when guys were putting any carburetor on their car or you could put any motor in there, and then next thing you know, they're not even stock front clips anymore. So that that totally hurt the class, and I think getting to a point of being cost-effective and the affordability of it for more guys to be able to race, I think we'll see more cars. Well, I think you're seeing that now. I know Citrus had good car counts. I believe Arvindale's had good car counts. Charlotte County had a good had good car counts. Orlando had a decent modified, pretty good modified count. Orlando, I mean... New Smyrna didn't have, let me see, Orlando had a pretty good car count modified, so New Smyrna didn't, but it could just be the first night everybody's, you know, fixing stuff in speed weeks or, you know, whatever. But I think, you know, you just got to do something, something to make it cheaper for us, the racer, when we get to the track without changing so much stuff that now you got to go out and spend more money to do whatever, just try to equal up with tires or weight or whatever, try to make everybody equal and, you know, I just think treaded tires, I, I pushed for them at New Smyrna when we ran them. I pushed really hard. They ran them for a couple of weeks for whatever reason. They passed car decided and wouldn't do it no more. All right. Um, yeah. April 25th, big show, Bronson. Big show, uh, yes. Yeah, you folks, if you're not doing anything, you know, it's not that Come far to get Bronson. Bronson. You're I don't care if you are doing okay. something. Cancel your plans right now. Yeah. Everybody make, be a, go ahead. Sorry, everybody make plans please. to be there. That's what I was going to say. I would too. You're going to see a very, probably one of the best modified races you're going to see in several years, and probably one of the best you're going to see all year. And there are going to be guys from Fast Car. I know uh, Wayne Jefferson joked that he didn't think anybody from Fast Car is coming, but there's. I'm trying to get as many of them to come as I can. I know I'll be there. I know Jerry Simons is going to be there. I think uh, Shane Held's planning on coming. So I'm trying to get. I wanted this to be a big modified show to show people that we are still out there and we can put on a good show and, you know, give us a chance. Skip, is uh, is Jerry Simon, Jerry Simon, is Simon still running the 66? Yes. The number? Yep. You, you know, that's funny. I, I, you know, I really don't, I think he's been on our show once over all the years we've done this kind of stuff, but um, when I, 
when I started, Rob, this is funny. When I started Karnak in uh, 1997, of course, we had no idea about, like, what kind of logo or anything like that. So I wanted a car, and I loved Modifieds. I was telling you this earlier today, uh, how much I liked Modifieds, Skip. And, uh, you know, I've always thought it was, like, the most underrated by the promoters series of cars or division of cars, whatever you want to call it, that we have. And... Uh, so we we used uh, I liked his car so that was our that was our logo for about two years before we finally designed one. Yes, I remember that. Remember that? Sure do. Yes, yeah. I sure do. Sure enough. I think the modifieds are probably put on, and I maybe I'm prejudiced because I race them and I love them and I, I think we put on the best show of, of any class out there. If you get the, you know the, the enough cars there, you have a good car count and some yep. good hard racing. I think we put on it. I mean, I remember when I ran Sarah, I thought. Rick Day did an excellent job promoting that, and we always put on a really good show wherever we went. Yeah, buddy. There's no doubt that the Modifieds are a great show. Um, you get a good field. You get a full field, 25 cars or so out of one of them tracks, man. Hell, the hot laps are fun to watch. <laughs> you know? I, I, remember, I remember at Lakeland. Lakeland used to be a great place to go watch these Modifieds run because so many of them would show up. Once they got past the first lap crash, I mean, it was usually a great race. And I think New Smyrna's the same way. Uh, like you were saying, a lot of those guys are probably fixing their cars from after speed weeks. But once they get cranked up and all start showing up there, start having some big races there probably. you going to go to those? Yes, I'm planning on any 50 lap or whatever they're going to put on, I'm planning on going. I'm planning on, I'm going to try to maybe travel around, around a little bit more this year than I normally do. Maybe go to the Inverness, maybe go to Arvindale. I like to go to Charlotte County, but it's about a four-and-a-half-hour pool for me. But I'm going to try to make it to one show down there. Well, right. old Bobby Buck's deal will appreciate it. <laughs> I know he will. That guy's <laughs> hard at promoting. Him and other people get on Karnak, and I think, you know, we all were talking to Rick Bristol earlier. and I mean, that's just what you got to do now. Days you got to get out there and beat the bushes and get people to come and get them a good show they want to continue to come back to. That's right. You got to call Inside Florida Racing and tell them you want to be on the show, and that's how yep. the word gets out. That's exactly right. I All right, we're going to see you on the twenty fifth. Yes, sir. Make sure everybody marks their calendars and come watch. It's going to be a heck of a modified show. Skip, who have me on? Skip, before you go, who sponsors your cars, man? Uh, accurate powder coating out of Tyersville, McRoberts Pool Finishing, Coco, Brenda Bray CPA out of Ormond Beach. And that's it. Okay, man. And I appreciate all of them. All righty. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me, and I enjoyed it. See you, man. Thanks, Come Kent. on anytime you want me to. All right. All right. We appreciate it.
And we're back inside Florida Racing. And, Rob, you have our next guest on the line, Mark Powers. Mark, you there? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Is this our two minutes of fame? Huh? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I, I'm sort of waiting to find that out myself, Rob. Mark, you got two minutes. Yeah, you're, you're on for your two minutes of fame, Mark. Go ahead. Tell us about your, your big race this past weekend. Go ahead, Mark. Tell us about the big race. Oh, the big hunter lab we're going on in Citrus County, presented by Curry Roofing? No, we ain't got quite there yet. Liz, this past yeah, week... When you, you finished. Yeah, you guys had like 18 cars. Oh, this past weekend. Yeah, yeah we had yeah. a weekly show. Uh, got the stone on the outside pole, led 13 laps before Foley, and Mr. Robbie Yoakum came and got me. Well, he's but going I was uh, going to. Oh man, them, them guys uh, they're the class of the field right now over there at Citrus, and I just do my best to try to come with them every week. So you came in third, right? Yes, sir. Okay, is that have you won in that class yet? Uh, yes, sir. I won a race uh, last year. I won a race over there as a rookie. Uh, well, last year was my second year there. Oh, okay, it was your uh, second year. I got you. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. What class are we talking about, Jack? We're talking about modified mini stocks. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the uh, the hundred lapper that's coming up there. Uh, Sunday, April. Going to do there, Mark. Well, uh, April eleventh. I'm going to do my best to go out there and uh, try to set fast time and take home the big trophy. You got one of them late model type mini stocks? Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I drive a, a Mustang. Mustang. You hear that? CC's a Ford man. Okay, that's nice. I'm a Dodge girl. Ooh, I love my Fords. Say what? You're a Dodge girl? I'm a Dodge girl. What's my pickup truck out there say on it? It's, does, girl, it's a Dodge. You know what? But there's no Dodge mini stocks out there that you've been driving. Not that I've been. Ford. Yeah, I've, been, I've only drove. A, I've only drove a Ford. I don't know. Uh, I don't know who drives Dodges. DC will drive anything that they'll put her behind the wheel on. I'm that, trying that's to get true. modified minis for her to drive. <laughs> that's so true. I, I'm. I will do it, yeah. Take her out there in that honey lapper. That's what I'm talking about. You guys are in trouble. <laughs> Bring her on. See if you can get some. I don't know if they'll be in trouble or I'll be in trouble, guys. But um, I'm lucky for it, too. I am going to be at the race. That is my plan now, to be up there on the 11th. Um, it'll be my first time up at the at Citrus. So I'm looking forward to being there on Saturday the 11th. It is going to be a huge race, and we really encourage everyone to come up. And I, I think we've, we've got maybe some guys from uh, CCMP coming up there to the race. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. They better work on their cars, CC. Well, Derek Horton Cort- Derek mentioned interest in being in the race, so hopefully he'll be up there for it. Hey, the more the merrier. We're looking to get a good, strong car count put on a show for the fans. That's what it's all about. And I think it's great when when you uh, take a look uh, that it's uh, there's no entry fee for that for this race, and I think that's probably something that's really appealing to a lot of drivers. No entry, oh, yeah. twelve hundred to win. Yeah, that's appealing to them too. Yep. Uh, come up here and tow up all this long way up here. A lot of guys down south, up north, come on down and come to this big race. It makes it easier for them to come here and and at least make a profit on the night and, and make it worth their while. Well, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, April 11th, modified mini stock, 100 laps. 
And, and you know, here's something. It, it, yeah, presented by Curry Rufin. we got to thank them boys for putting on this race for us. And it's at Citrus County Speedway. And if and if 100 laps of, of the minis aren't enough to hold your interest all night, it's my understanding that the night will be finished off with a figure eight race. So it's going to be a fun family night. Oh, yeah, figure eights are always exciting. Be a good night for you, uh, all the fans to come out and, and take a look at a good show. That's all right. Mark, we appreciate your time that you spent with us tonight, and uh, we'll get you on the show again when we got a little bit more time to talk. We've already passed our time. We appreciate right. it. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, Mark. Right. Take it easy. Right. Have, a good, have a good night. You too. Okay. Hey, uh, Jack, before we go anywhere, I want to make sure that I do say that uh, – uh, Columbia Motorsports Park is having a 100-lap uh, late-model race where there is no entry fee. Oh, that's great. Um, they're going to pay 2000 to win. Uh, they're doing limited lates with a spec engine at 2,800 pounds, 57% left side weight. They're running a super late-model 9 to 1 or a steel head or a spec motor at 2,800 pounds, 57% left side with a Holley 4412, two-barrel. Mm, that counts me out. I wouldn't go to that. Here we go, crate ASA type, 2,700 pounds, 58% left side. All those are going to be running together, no entry fee, 100 laps, and that is that Columbia Motorsports Park, Lake City. Never been there before? Go check it out. Great place. Grandstands are $15 for adults, $10 senior. Free parking, free camping, no entry fee. That's what I like about no it. Entry like no entry fee. That's... I don't like the two-barrel carburetor on a Super Late model. I oh. just don't think that that's... Uh, that's not going to get it. Guys hate to change their carburetor set up when their motors are set up to run on a four-barrel. So you got to do other things, Sandy, to um, do that. But I hope it works out because they need to get super late models running there again. And uh, that's all i got to say about that. All right. Well, here's something that doesn't require an entry fee. Next week we have to uh, announce. We have to look this over and oh driver of the month the march mm. uh hildebrand jewelers uh, driver of the month for march and uh, thus far we've only had a handful of people like uh who's co- the kid we had on last week ryan. which one ryan the one we wanted to um check back and see how he did because he won two races won two races Oh, I'd I have to consult my notes. I don't have my notes for that. Yeah, I don't have those notes. Bad as me. I have them. I have them in my home office. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rob. Between this week and last week, I've talked to 450 people, and uh, and I and I don't have my notes in front of me either. But anyway, in any event, we will have to make that selection between now and next week. Announce announce that next week. Um, Derek Horton's names popped up. Uh, Daniel Webster's name's popped up. Uh, Grady uh, Christian, I believe, his name's popped up. So we strongly encourage people Fe- to fe- give us feedback. Email us. Nominate someone. That's feedback at realracing.com. Realracingusa.com. Real race. You see how tired I am, Jack? Realracingusa.com. Let us know. Nominate someone. Let us, you know, let us know who they are. Give us some stats so we can consider. Tell us why you're nominating them, and uh, so we can take that in consideration, and really do that all year long. Feedback at realracingusa.com. You got any information out there that you'd like to get onto the show? Anything that we didn't cover that you think that we should? Any hate mail? 
Send the hate mail to Rob Elting at AOL.com. Thank you. You got it, Rob. You got to remember how to do this stuff. I love I love to read it. I mean, and I will say that I appreciate all the emails that get sent. Those are bad. And if you if you would like to acknowledge somebody's uh, birthday, a driver, someone on your racing team, you can send that info to me. That's C E C E at W I K X dot com. And if you would like tickets to uh, be a member of the live studio audience here at, at the Towers. If you would like to come and join us, <laughs> send, the more the merrier. Send an email to uh, feedback at realracingusa.com. Let's get out of we'll here. We'll make yeah, room Mike for them. Portman. Thank you, Mike Portman, uh, doing a great job out there. We're going to do the St. Pete Boogie. Have some fun, you all. Go down on Central Avenue. Yeah.